Well, good morning again. We welcome all those who are joining us online together. We're gathered together at City Church, and tomorrow is Martin Luther King Day. Tomorrow we celebrate the progress, but we also face the challenges that we continue to face as a nation. And as I've read Martin Luther King's writings and his famous quotes, I appreciate him more and more. I appreciate the dreams that he held in the middle of very great adversity. And I was reading one or two of them today that I wanted to quote to you. He says, I say to you today, my friends, that in spite of the difficulties, this is 1963, and frustrations of the moment, I still have a dream. And that just inspires me all the way across the board, that in spite of any difficulties, in spite of the challenges we're facing as a nation on many different fronts, that we would not give up hope, that we would not spare, that even when things are very difficult, that's maybe when dreams are needed most of all to lift us above the current situation. And then his famous quote, now is the time to let our nation, to lift our nation from the quicksand of racial injustice to the solid rock of brotherhood. And when I read that and I think of brotherhood, brotherhood, brotherhood is not just men, it's men and women, brothers and sisters, and it's unity, the nation in unity. I thought, man, we need that dream today that would unite us across all the things that continually try to divide us that we would not be those who fall into those camps and isolate ourselves in one camp, whatever the topic is, but we would be those who would be dedicated to cross the barriers, not take on the offenses, listen to other people and reach out. And tomorrow being Martin Luther King Day, let's be those that continually ask the Lord, how can I build bridges with people who look different from me? from people who live in different areas? How can we be those who are bringing unity and not be those who are increasing the division? You know, um, I'm going to pray in a moment. What I want to pray for is peace in our land. We have the inauguration taking place, I believe it's this Wednesday. There's unrest in our nation. And you know, I stood against the violence that happened this summer. There were a lot of issues going on, violence we stood against. And I stand against the violence that took place in the Capitol very recently in our halls of justice, and we stand for peace. It doesn't mean those issues don't have great merit, but we stand for peace as a church, as a nation. And somebody asked me, well, Pastor, how are, you, how are you dealing with all this? Well, honestly, to talk on any of these topics is challenging. I can't say I'm the expert. And there's different positions all the way across. And I'm not going to do that this morning. So this isn't even the topic of the sermon this morning. And honestly, as I've read some of these things and watched the news, I have felt sad. I've been saddened. And I hope that would be one of the ways in which you'd respond. I have different emotions. I've been angered. 
But I've been just sad and looking and going, this is the United States of America. And it made me sad. And I've been sad about how the elections, all what went around that. I've been sad about the violence in the government buildings, ugly. Sad about the impeachment of our president. I've been sad about the muzzling of free speech. All of these things bother me. And I think they ought to bother you too. And you know, sometimes I just want to say it's okay to be sad as Christians. It's okay to be sad because Jesus was sad. Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and he knew, I think of the time where it talks about Jesus being sad, he knew he was about to raise Lazarus from the dead. So he, I mean, Lazarus is dead, and he's like, he could have been just dancing, so excited, but yet he wept. I go, what was he weeping about? I think he just felt the pain of the people he loved. They had lost somebody they loved dearly. And they even said things to him like, if you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. Talk about a guilt trip. You know, where were you? You'd have saved this guy's life. And Jesus was bigger than all that, yet he wept with the pain of people who were grieving. And I think sometimes it's good, it's okay to be sad as Christians. But Jesus did not stay there, did he? He didn't stay in the depths. That, that the sadness, the emotion, the compassion compelled him into action. And he took action. It didn't just leave him wallowing in his emotional pain. It compelled him to take action. And praise the Lord, what did Jesus do? He went to the grave and he raised Lazarus from the dead. He transformed things, but he's, he was okay to feel his emotions. So may our emotions compel us into godly, wonderful, life-giving actions. And may God lead and guide each one of us. Father, I pray that even as we start today and we think of the unrest in our nation, God, may I be part, may we be part of your redemption your healing, your bridge building, tearing down the walls that divide us, and that we would be part of the dream that you put in Martin Luther King's heart, that we would find a brotherhood in our nation. And God, I realize that's only possible through your son, Jesus Christ. Father, may he be that which bridges the gap builds the bridges in our nation and help us to be part of your answer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You and I are called to be people of faith. You hear a lot about that today, right? <clears throat> I'm a person of faith. I'm a person of faith. And what does that mean? We are called <clears throat> to be people of faith. And as those who are filled with the Holy Spirit, faith is one of the fruits of the Spirit. Remember? Can you say them with me? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance. Faith. Self-control is in there too, depending upon your, your, trans, your translation. But faith is part of the fruits of the Spirit. So we who are followers of Christ, filled with the Holy Spirit, one of the fruits that should flow from our lives is faith. 
You don't really have the option to say, well, I'm not really into that. You can't really say, well, I'm not really into love, or I don't really want to be joyful, or I don't really want God's peace. This is all part of the package deal that God has for you. And one of the fruits of the Spirit that should flow from our lives is faith. And what does that really mean? The fruit of the Spirit called faith. Romans 1.17 says the righteous will live by faith. The righteous, the just, the saved ones. We will live by faith. God calls us to be people of faith. Let me tell you what it's not. Because sometimes that helps us understand what faith is. You ever seen the movie Miracle on 34th Street? Love that movie. It's one of my favorite Christmas movies. And Santa Claus is on trial, right, for being crazy. Because this guy, St. Nick, believes he's actually Santa Claus. And so he goes on trial, and they're about to lock up this sweet old man. And then around New York, the word starts spreading, and people put on buttons that says, I believe. And they put up signs, Teamsters, I believe. And they all, I believe. And they're all people of faith, but faith in what? In Santa Claus. It's a cute movie, but that's not the kind of faith that God calls us to. You also are not called to be people of faith in faith. Sometimes we think of faith as an entity apart from God. And we misuse scriptures like, be it unto you according to your faith. And so we go, okay, I need faith. And we think of this entity, I need faith, and I have to have faith, but... So we try to gather it and we pray and we hear people say things about, you just need more faith. So we try to muster it up and get more faith. But what is it we're actually working on? Faith is not an entity in and of itself. And then we pray and we don't see the answers that we're asking for and so we hang our head and we say, I must not have had enough faith. So it's not a matter of having faith in faith. We also don't have faith in a system or a four-point outline where we would say things like, and I'm talking about true scriptures here, but by his stripes I am healed which I believe. But if you say it a hundred times really fast, it really isn't what's going to heal you. It's not by having, if you're faithful in your quiet time every day, then you will have the answer to your prayer. If you say this verse a hundred times and stand on your head, then God will answer your prayers. That's called faith in systems or formulas. I know people that will open their Bible and put it up on the mantle of their house for good luck. It doesn't bring good luck. It might be a pretty decoration in your home. I'm not against it, but it's not a good luck charm. Or if you sleep with your Bible under your pillow, that's not what faith is about. It's not a matter of a system. And faith Hear me, in context, faith is not even believing that all of your prayers will be answered. 
I know people that will say, you know, the name it, claim it. I believe God for a new car. I believe God for a new car. I have faith for a new car. I'm speaking out words of faith for a new car. It's faith in some repetition or that God will answer every prayer that we pray. How many of you know that God doesn't answer the way you want every prayer you pray? And that can be disappointing. And we just think, if I had more faith, if I was a better person, if I'd have done these things right, then I would see everything happen that I want to see happen. And I want to put before you today to say our faith is in Christ. The purpose, our faith, our core is that we are trusting in Christ. Not just trusting in that he'll do these things for us, which is what we end up trusting for, but our faith must be in Christ. For the last 21 days, or for 21 days of this month, we're not done yet, I've been encouraging you to look through, pray through, have devotions through a chapter of the book of John. One chapter a day, and let God bring a verse from each chapter out to you in your devotional. It's a wonderful practice. It's a simple way of going to the Word and having God make His Word come alive in your heart. If you've not done it, we have more books right there in the foyer. You can start any day you want. The purpose of this is to get us into the Word and let God speak to us through His Word. 21 chapters and 21 days through the book of John. John, who wrote the book, was the best friend of Jesus. Can you imagine that being who you are? I mean, if anybody, I don't really like when we talk about Jesus being my homie. You know, I hear that, I'm kind of like, yeah, he's also the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Let's be, you know, so I, I, but if anybody could say Jesus was my homie, it'd have been John, the guy who traveled with him, slept out in the open with him loved Christ, and Christ loved John in such a deep and special way. Best friends. And John wrote the book of John, and in the book, we find seven miracles of Christ which are told, seven stories of Christ's miracles. Let's see if we can remember any of those today. Let's just, we'll try this today. We'll just mix it up a bit, all right? Can Name one. Somebody just raise their hand, name one. Dan? Sorry? Water into wine. Yep. Made the blind man see. He raised Lazarus from the dead. Yep. The paralyzed man by the pool made him to walk. Praise the Lord. Yep. fed 5,000 men, and actually that was probably more like 5,000 men, which means probably 15 to 20,000 people. They counted the men in those days, but so a lot of people with bread. Yep, one other. He walked on the water. I think we got all of them there. Oh, and he healed an official son in Capernaum. Seven miracles of Christ. I want to highlight three of those this morning. John 20, verse 31, and I want to take this as a, what I think the Lord really wants to speak to our hearts. 
John tells all these stories, these amazing miracle stories, lives transformed, people healed, hungry fed, and he says in 2031, these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. These are written that you may believe. Say that you may believe. So why did John write each of these? That you might believe that Jesus Christ is the Christ, Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. One of the miracles, the feeding of the 5,000, actually 15,000 probably, Jesus answered them and says to the people who just got fed, truly, truly, I say to you, you're seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. I'll give you my translation of that verse. He was rebuking them. And he says, you're not following me because you trust me or because you want to obey me or because you want to, you believe that I am the Messiah. That's not why you're here. You just want more free food. You're tired of all the work and the grinding and the baking and you want free food. You're not really interested in me as a Messiah. You're just looking for a handout. That's pretty good timing, actually. Um, and then we have the healing of the blind man. I'm going to have a hard time pushing through that. John, John 9, the healing of the blind man. So what does Jesus do? I love this story. Got this blind guy. Jesus spits on the ground. Talk about health problems here, right? He spits on the ground. He makes mud with his spit. He sticks it in the blind man's eyes. If you do this today, you're going to jail, right? And Jesus didn't care. He takes the mud, he puts it in the blind man's eyes and says, go wash in this pool. And the man, blind from birth, receives his sight. And the man and the Pharisees were so excited, they all worshiped Jesus, right? This blind man receives his sight, and the Pharisees, who are so locked into their rules and their worldview, they want to kill him. They hate him because he did it on the Sabbath. And may I say, I am convinced that Jesus waited for the Sabbath to heal him. I don't think he just happened to be on the Sabbath. I think he's like, we got a point we need to make here. And he heals this man on the Sabbath, and the Pharisees go crazy. And the man comes back to, to the area where Jesus was, and Jesus heard that they had cast the man out of the temple. And having found him, Jesus said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? And the man answered, Who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, I love this, You have seen him. This is a man who hasn't seen anything in his life. And Jesus says, you have seen him, and it's he who's speaking to you. And he says, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Why did Jesus heal this man? Well, there's actually many answers to that. He loved this man. 
this beautiful man created in God's image. This man who felt worthless and cast away, Jesus saw him. And he had great compassion on him. And Jesus healed him out of compassion. I have no question about that. But the ultimate aim was that this man would believe. That he would believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. It was more than just getting your needs met. It was that faith would arise. And we would put our trust in Christ. And the, the miracle is not simply for him but also for us. The story of raising of Lazarus, the third story. And Jesus told them plainly, talking to the disciples, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe. The heart of Jesus was, how do I help these people see who I am? How do I help them put their faith in me. That is what they need to do. And how do I do that? Does these miracles out of compassion, but the ultimate goal was that they would believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And he says to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he dies, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she answers more profoundly. She says to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Martha got it. She put her faith in Christ. She didn't just say, yes, I believe that you can raise my brother from the dead. She went beyond that and said, yes, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God. And these stories speak to us today. Free food, official sun rays, sight to the blind, raising of Lazarus. All of these stories are stories for us to say, not just I believe that God can heal me, which is fantastic. I believe that God can provide for me, which is wonderful. But the purpose of these stories is that we would say, thank you, God. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God. And we put our faith in a deeper way in Christ himself. These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. One more story. Now we're in chapter 20 of the book of John. Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. But Thomas said to them, unless I see his hand, in his hand, the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand in his side, I will never believe. Tough guy, right? He was not wanting to be deceived. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them, and the doors were locked, but Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. This may be miracle eight that's not normally counted in his list of miracles, but Jesus came into a locked room. And Jesus said to Thomas, put your finger here and see, and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. 
And in the world that we live in, I want to say the words of Christ to us as a church, do not disbelieve, but believe. We have choices to make. Will we believe? Will we follow Christ when the world's going a different direction? Will we trust Christ for things that are too big for us and that we don't know how to see them happen? We have many challenges in our church. We have people who are trusting God for healing, people who are trusting God for a job, people who are trusting God for provision, and their mind, they can't quite figure it out. Anybody there? You're kind of going, okay, I don't see the answer to this, and you have a choice. And the, word would, the Lord would say to us, what he said to Thomas, do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, have you believed because you've seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. What the Lord is stirring in my heart is that faith would arise in our church. That we would let faith arise in our hearts. And that's hard sometimes because We've been disappointed. We've prayed and things haven't gone as we want. And sometimes we say, I don't want that anymore. And we won't let ourselves believe. And Jesus would say, do not disbelieve, but believe. Trust in me. And when I say trust in Christ, I, I want to make this really clear. Our trust is in Christ that he loves us, that he died for us, that our life is in him. And we trust him for things, but our trust goes beyond those things. When I pray and trust and ask God for something and it doesn't work just like I wanted, I still trust in Jesus. I still go, there's oftentimes my prayer is, I don't get it. I'm, yeah, I may be sad, I may be disappointed, I go, I don't get it, but Jesus, I trust in you that you love me, that you are not absent, that you're here. And I've watched God do more when I will put trust in him than when I sit back and say, well, I'm just going to live this protected, can't fall, can't fail life. I appreciate people who will jump out and trust God for things. And sometimes it doesn't work, and I'm okay with that. I think God's okay. He's he, He's happy when we put our trust in him. And I believe the Lord is speaking to many of us. You know, last year, the year of freedom, we, if you haven't heard the service of December 27th, I'd like to ask you to go back and listen to it. There was an anointing in that service as people shared freedom from financial debt, mortgages paid that had been around for quite a while. Praise the Lord. Mortgages, debts, credit card debts, people got free. I want freedom for your families financially. Freedom from emotional struggles. Freedom from the lies that Satan had kept people in bondage in for years. And they, people had found freedom. It's what God has for us. So, you laughed at it. So, 
You ever had a monkey on your back? So we got a monkey this week. Got to get this right. Here we go. Just so you got a good picture here. Um, God challenged us to trust him for the payment of our debt to this church. Seven years ago, we were at 1.3 million. It's a debt that we carried from a project about 20 years ago. And we had a debt of 1.3 million. And as this was the year of freedom, the year of jubilee, the year of debt freedom, the Lord put on our hearts to trust him to pay off that debt in 2020. And the idea of adding on, at the beginning of the year, we were down to 636,000, trusting God for that additional payoff, which didn't make any sense to any of us, right? And then COVID hit in March. And all this time, you know, to me, this debt was like a monkey on my back. I believe God wants us to take ground for the kingdom. I believe he wants us to move ahead. I think he wants us to try new things. But every time you step forward, there's a money number. If you're going to do something, it's like, well, but this debt. We got this debt. We can't even think, you know, we got this debt. And so you're, and it, we carry around these monkeys on our back that, that hold us down and keep us from finding freedom. But we chose to continue to trust the Lord even with COVID year, even with people losing jobs, even with people struggling. The Lord continued to say to us, it's not about people and their jobs. Can you trust me? To me, it felt like Elijah pouring water on his sacrifice. He's like, oh, if God's going to do it, this water's not going to be a problem. So he's pouring water, more and more water, because he's going, I mean, that's not a good way to build a fire, right? Pour water on what you're going to burn. But Elijah's like, this has got to be God, and everybody's got to see it's God, because it's not about Elijah. It's about showing and revealing God and his power and his glory. So COVID hit, and we continued to believe God, although nobody could add up the numbers. And let me just tell you, the COVID did not surprise God. He wasn't shaken off his throne, doesn't catch him by surprise, didn't intimidate him. And as 2020 came to a close, we had, by God's grace, we had cut the debt in half from 636 to about 300. Praise the Lord. And I said to you on January 4th, 2020 was over. We did not hit the goal. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay making progress. We did great. We stepped out in faith. God's pleased with our faith. Praise the Lord. January 4th. But God wasn't done. And I do believe God's pleased with our faith even when things don't work right. 
And I think God calls us to step out. And Kevin, our finance guy, Kevin Warkington and Pastor Matt have been working behind the scenes on some of the finances, looking at some of the funds that we have unspent from other years. Then some stock options came through, more small gifts, some big gifts. And Monday night, we met as elders. And I just want to say that as of Monday night, City Hill Church is debt free. Woo! <laughs> Woo! Praise the Lord. Stand up with me. Let's give the Lord a thank. As in zero debt, as in we don't owe anybody anything. As in I walked in Tuesday morning and said, this building doesn't belong to the bank anymore. And someone said, oh, how'd that all work? I go, you know, I, I, I can't add it all up. I can't quite figure it out. What I know is the bank debt is paid and our internal debt. There was an internal where we had shifted some funds. That's all paid. And we are debt free for the first time in 20 years. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And in that elder meeting, I just got really quiet. That's not normal. <laughs> I'm quiet because I want to say to you, it's not really about the money. This has never been about the money. I am grateful for God making us debt-free. And I believe it's going to get the monkey off of our back and let some dreams take place here and put us in solid ground and that's all wonderful. That's the finances. God healed people because he loved people. God paid our debt because he loves us and wants freedom. But more than anything, God wants faith to arise in us. Can we believe God for that which we can't figure out? That's why we need God, right? And I challenge you not just to go figure out. Tonight we're going to talk. We have an all-communication meeting tonight. I encourage you to be here. It's one hour, 6.30 to 7.30. It will also be online. And we'll talk about, you know, the pie chart and the finance guys will tell us how, what God did. And praise the Lord. I, I, we want a total transparency. And all of that brings glory to the Lord as well. But my heart is that faith would arise in your soul. For the challenges, for the things you've been believing God, the things you've been afraid to believe God for, that faith would arise in our soul. Scripture says, when I return, will I find faith on the earth? Not paid for church buildings. Christ so much wants our faith to grow. And this is simply one of his workshops 
And there are many more because the just will live by faith. This is a way of life for us as Christians. God has brought us freedom, and I am so grateful to the Lord. But let faith grow. Remember the words that a great man of faith, Lauren Cunningham, spoke to me when I wanted to be done with a project. He said, it's never over. Because he wants us to be people who live by faith. And what God teaches us through this miracle, let faith drop into your souls. So that's how I want to end today. I want let the Lord, worship team, come on up. I just want the Lord to drop faith into your souls. What are the things that God has put in you that he's spoken to you, but you've become discouraged or fearful? And the Lord's saying, will you trust me? And if there's something in your personal life where you're saying, we're not going to come up front because COVID rules, right? But there's other ways to pray for people. So what I want to do is this, is if God is speaking to your heart in your own personal area, we don't have to declare it out loud, but something where you're saying, Lord, I want to trust in you. I choose to trust in you. Help my unbelief. I choose to believe you for that which maybe has grown dead in me. Let faith arise in your soul. If that's where you're at, the particular issue, you're, it's not a matter of do you love Jesus or not. That's not this call, right? We all love Jesus. But I'm saying, is there, if there's something that in particular that God is saying, I'm, I'm putting my trust in you for this, and I want to declare that, just stand up where you are. Praise the Lord. Just going to wait a minute more. And if you're at home watching, stand up in your living room. Stand up wherever at your kitchen table. Stand up as a sign of faith. The Lord is watching. And those around them, reach a hand out. It's part of the family. Put a hand on their shoulder. If not, just reach from a distance. And even those who are believing in faith can reach out towards others. Sometimes we pray for others. God increases our own faith. And Jesus, I would, in my flesh, I'd say this is scary because we're stepping out. But Jesus, in you, this is beautiful. This is beautiful, God, that God, you are calling us to trust you for things beyond our abilities, beyond our mental way of functioning. And we're not just trusting in your ability to do those, but Lord, we're trusting in you. Jesus, we believe. We believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God. We believe that you love us and that you see us and that, God, you are able to do 
exceedingly abundantly above what we ask or think because our faith is in you. Not in our finances, not in our abilities, not in our jobs, not in our families, but Jesus, our trust is in you. God, expand our faith. May we be those who are crazy enough to trust you and then watch what you can do. Dear Jesus, come by your strength and power. Father, I stand against the fear that wants to come in and the doubt that wants to come in and say, but you and all those things of our mind, Father, we stand against those and we put our eyes and our focus upon you and we say, God, have your way, Jesus. Have your way. Father, hear the prayers and the heart cries of each and every person who's standing today. We as a church stand with each other, with our brothers and sisters. Just everybody who's standing, just kind of reach out a hand to bless somebody else. Just extend your hand of blessing and prayer for somebody else, Lord. We stand together as the body of Christ. Father, as we pray for others, may our faith increase. As we trust you for provision, may our faith increase. Father, we pray for salvation for those who are near and dear to us who have walked away, God. We stand for the salvation of children who have walked away from you, for parents who are haven't yet come to know you, God. We stand for salvation, God, even when we don't see it, Jesus, because we know that you are able to reach people. Father, may faith arise. May you look down upon us as part of this church and say, that's a church that looks to me and trusts in me. And God, may your miraculous provision for City Hill Church, may it serve as just one more example of your faithfulness and your miraculous ability to act on behalf of those who love you. Thank you, God. Jesus' name, amen. Amen, hallelujah. When Jesus healed 10 lepers, nine of them did probably what I'd have done. They ran off to their families. They were so desperate to see their children and their wives, they ran off, and that you get that, but one stopped, turned around and came back to give thanks to Christ. We haven't quite figured out the how or the when, but we're going to have a celebration. Um, today wasn't that day to make that all happen. We're going to have a celebration of giving thanks. We want to be those who will stop and recognize God's goodness to us and give thanks to him. So we'll figure that out. Just want to let you know we're not missing that step here. We are grateful and we recognize the hand of God to set us free. And may God continue to direct us with that freedom that he gives us. God bless you. If you're new, I'd love to meet you. I'll be out at the Welcome Center, which is just to the left going out. If you'd like prayer as you've taken a step of faith today, there'll be people. Steve's over there. Prayer room's back through those doors. We want to pray for you. And I encourage you to be with us tonight. Tonight at 6.30 to 7.30, talking more about the church, some things going on. Help us to be on the same page. God bless you. Love you all. We'll see you soon. Praise God.